1: Welcome to Dave Does Podcast, a 2 True Freak presentation. I am David Weeder, And this past summer, Freak Fest 2016 occurred. Many of us 2 True Freaks alum made our way to New York, and for a portion of that, we went to Kew Gardens to party in the alley and garage number 9. And this is where Dario Gonzalez, my guest, fed me to the point of meat sweats. I still have dreams about this brisket that he made that melted in the mouth. It was perfect. And one of the first things I saw when I went in was a phaser gun game that I saw on the amigo Museum. And not only did it work, he pointed me to the target. And I thought, this guy's okay. And so with me is to talk about Mego Star Trek is Mr. Dario Gonzalez. Hello, hello, hello. Now, we're not popping your podcast cherry, technically, right? Because you've been on Garage Sale Gloat and uh, you were on the, the Roundtable episode. Yeah, I've been on maybe
2: three or so, three or so, but this is the first time it's been like a one-on-one, you know, this is, this is a privilege and honor to be here with the new format. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm always happy to talk Migos and I'm always happy to talk Star Trek.
1: Well, they these two go together really well. And the funny thing is, I had the idea for a amigo Star Trek episode a while back, and then I saw your collection and I'm like, this is the guy to bring on. And fortunately, you actually reached out and said, "Hey, if you want to have me on." And I'm like, this this is fate. Well, that's good. I'm I'm glad there that that uh
2: that I can actually talk about this stuff without uh someone being you know able to turn the turn a channel or or leave the room or 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 find something else so hopefully we can have an interesting conversation and uh if there are people out there that don't know about migos or people out there that have never seen migos we might be able to introduce them to them and a little back history and uh and let them know that there was an entire world before, uh, Star Wars figures and Ninja Turtle figures and, uh, and there's a whole world out there to explore, uh, that I think most people will find really fun. Cause we all love toys. I mean, that's one thing about, uh, geek culture. I think that the one thing that, that you and I and hopefully most of our listeners are that, that in a way you just never grow up. And and you want to hold on to the stuff that makes you happy. And amigos is
1: definitely one of those things that makes me happy. Well, I guess that's probably a good place to start. What the hell is amigo? Is it a figure? Is it a doll? Well, amigo, interesting
2: that you should ask. Is a corporation, a, a toy corporation that uh, that they began in around 1954, and they started out selling just your typical dime store. Uh, toys, and it was nothing very fancy. They were just a regular toy store. But then in 1971, on the coattails of the large size GI Joes that were coming out, Mego decided, "Hey, we're going to join into this um into this figure business," and they came out with something called Action Jackson, which was, I guess, basically a not quite a gi joe ripoff i don't believe he was in the service but he was like the most interesting man in the world and he had you know all kinds of accessories and he could be a diver he could be pilot he could be pretty much anything that that he wanted to be
0: action jackson is my name bold adventure is my game Think of what you'd want to be, then call on me. I want to be a frogman. Action Jackson.
2: Action Jackson. An Aussie Marine. Action Jackson. A
0: firefighter.
2: Action Jackson.
0: Blackson Jackson is my name. Bold adventure is my game. Jungle Safari.
2: Action Jackson adventure outfits. Blackson Jackson. All sold separately. Blackson Jackson. By Mego. So they were smart enough to jump in on that. And like I said, to compete with, with Hasbro's G.I. Joe. And uh, they took off from there. And uh, the Mego Corporation was smart enough... To buy the rights to just about every single thing or TV show that, that came out. I mean, they had the rights to, to Kojak. They had the rights to Starsky and Hutch. They had the rights to the Dukes of Hazard. They had, uh, the rights to Welcome Back Carter, Happy Days. For God's sakes, they even had the Waltons, The Wizard of Oz. Uh, you can find Mego figures, and of course, they jumped all over the public domain figures like you know Robin Hood, Friar Tuck, uh, you know a Blackbeard. They had they had everything, and they just were smart enough to get these licensing deals for you know. Of course, we all they also had superhero deals. They did plenty of of DC characters and Marvel characters, and a Mego figure is about eight inches, fully articulated. Dressed, uh, sculpted faces. Um, there's Type 1 and Type 2. Type 1 will have metal uh, little bolts. It looks like they have knee replacements and hip and uh, wrist replacements. And you have the Type 2 that is a little sleeker and mostly just plastic joints. But, you know, Star Trek had come out, and Star Trek had ran three years. And Star Trek finished up. And then someone at Mego started noticing that, was still being shown uh, in syndication, and you could, and it was being watched, and there was even an animated show that was coming out. So they decided, hey, let's try and get the rights to this little-known or this, you know, this obscure TV show that's no longer on the air. So they did, and they got the rights uh, pretty cheaply, and they started to produce Star Trek action figures or, or Star Trek Migos. Uh, and and they took off from
1: there. Boy, they did they, and they they had so many licenses. I called them the gold key of toys. Gold key was all licensing. I mean, from Hanna Barbera to oddly enough Star Trek, the they they just dragged it all out, and Mego did the same thing, and it's genius. They did, they did. What you're looking at is, I mean, essentially the 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 body itself is the same body across the board. I mean, with some deviation.
2: Yeah. Well, the the interesting thing was Mego came out with their first. Uh, I guess you would call it maybe the first wave of, of Star Trek figures. And that, those included, of course, you had your Captain Kirk, you had your Scotty, you had your Leonard McCoy, you had your Mr. Spock, and you had a, uh, Klingon. Now, the first thing that they did with these, uh, with, with the Star Trek dolls was they, molded the boots in with the uh the the rest of the body so the boots were part of the body so kids didn't have to lose the boots so that was a pretty smart deal and you're right the the figures were all similar the only thing that they really had to do was for this first wave was change the head and the clothes same body nothing fancy and and they all had the same uh accessories which is uh you know a phaser on a belt and a little try and a little communicator. Uh the uh, the uh, Klingon did have does have plastic boots on them. But uh interestingly enough out of the first wave the only one that they didn't produce right away was Lieutenant Uhura. Uh but they they quickly found out that you know what we're going to try and and produ- you know maybe get some uh some of the uh, girl audiences out there Get, to go perhaps. for the Barbie demographic. Yeah, exactly. So they did finally produce an Uhura and she is slightly different. She has her own boots and her she's not molded uh the boots aren't molded to the leg. And and you know, I was a kid and and those were, you know, those are the first ones that I bought even before I first one I bought was was Spider-Man, of course, because I was a big Spider-Man fan. But I loved Trek. So I started to purchase as many as you. And the thing was, is you could never find all of these. And did you see pictures of, of on like the Mego museum website where where shelves are packed with migos, but that was never the case when I was growing up. You'd go into toys R us or something and they'd have you know a mr Spock or or kind of like you do with Star Wars toys now when you go to Target. it'll have a very limited selection but so I never really had much of them when I was a kid. I had my favorites and I'd of course, like any other kid, I'd blow them up or do whatever we did with firecrackers, but as as I got older, I decided I wanted to uh. To complete the collection So Mego presents the Star
0: Trek action figures Featuring the crew of the Enterprise Captain James T. Kirk Their fearless leader Dr. Bones McCoy Caring for the health of the Enterprise crew Scotty, the chief engineer In charge of the transporter room Mr. Spock, the Vulcan Second in command And the Klingon Enemy of the Star Trek crew Star Trek action figures, complete with accessories shown, each sold separately from Mego.
1: Well, let me take you back for a moment there. How did you first experience Star Trek? You know, I remember watching Star Trek uh, when I was just a kid, and
2: it was always either Star... It was just my love for sci-fi in general. It was always either the reruns of Lost in Space and then Star Trek. And and I was always just just have it on. It was always on. And, you know, then you it would be on your local your local channel and it would show it every day at, you know, five o'clock or something. And and it was just something that I that I watched. And I and I just loved. And even as a kid, uh, you know, you, you can tell that that it wasn't as cheesy as as Lost in Space, although they did have plenty of cheesy episodes. But it soon became, you know, my my favorite go to a uh, show to watch along with the old Spider-Man animated cartoon from the '60s, and uh, it was just part of my pantheon of uh, of of uh, loves, along with Star Wars. You know, anything space, but but I just I really, really, really loved Star Trek, and. And, and anything that I loved, I was lucky enough that they had toys available for it. You know, I would, I would, you know, ask for them for Christmas and, uh, and ironically either get the wrong thing or, or something like that, you know, but start, but those were the, 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 uh, the toys from my childhood were these, these crazy Miko figures, you know.
1: See, I think that's cool because Migos, I was born in 77, so Migos had kind of faded out. Yeah, you know, they had faded out by then. Uh, you were born in the height of a Star Wars toy. Yeah, I was born a few months after. Yeah, so that was my, in fact, when I was a wee little boy, I ran away from home because I didn't have all, my mom promised <laughs> to buy me all the Star Wars figures. And uh, I ran away from home. So she actually found me down the road <laughs> just trucking along because I didn't have all my Star Wars. So now Migo to me was you'd go to the this other kid's house and you'd find the dingy Captain America yeah. with no boots. And so for this for to be contemporary is pretty darn cool to think about.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, and they are. I mean, people are producing now, you know, Migo type dolls that, mm-hmm. that you wish that they would have produced back in the day. And some say that actually the, the demise, one of the demise of Mego, they did file for bankruptcy in uh, 1982, and were out of business by 83. Was that they they say they had the 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 chance to buy the rights for Star Wars, but they they passed on it and they didn't do that because you know I guess they just didn't they you know they would either it was too expensive or they just didn't see it you know and and you know they couldn't i think they probably couldn't compete with the uh, with the star wars figures that uh that that came out you know later on and probably just bad business choices but um but like i said there are plenty of other companies now that are carrying the
1: torch and making uh figures that that are mego like you know well they yeah they they started producing i mean replicas i have a captain marvel from dc and i have a flash
2: yeah, in a flash, and and uh, I'm looking at trying to track down. There's a Borg out there, and and there's you can find a uh, Picard and all kinds of stuff, uh, Migo Migo esque. So it's uh, everything old will eventually become new again. You know,
1: it just and, sucks to be able to call that old.
2: That yeah, <laughs> to have something I know, contemporary. Oh, I, I have a few years on you, but. Uh, but, you know, I, it's just one of the things that, uh, that I, that I enjoy. And you know, they, they make you happy. I mean, they make me happy. And I look at them and, uh, I take them out once in a while and put them back away.
1: And I rotate them here
2: and there. And, uh, and they're just, they're just fun. And I have them all sitting out right here in front of me, like some big Star Trek wave, a big rave that's going on here with all of these toys out there. They, they never did make. Uh, a Sulu. But they did, they like going back to it, that the first wave sold so well that somebody just came up with the idea of, Hey, you know, let's make a second wave of Migos, you know? So uh, they actually started to produce the Migo aliens. So th- these were, these were produced later on and there were two waves of the aliens and the first wave uh, was a very very uh, interesting wave, and it, that's a nice it, way to put it. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it because of the fact it, it included uh, a couple of really great great characters. It, it, the aliens uh, i have never remembered ever seeing them to be honest with you, but uh, I only started to find them later on in life, and they and they produced the, the Gorn, which is which is you know it was basically Mego was famous for. Uh, reusing parts and pieces uh if you look at the gorn you can tell his head is brown and it's the exact same head that the lizard yeah. <laughs> from the spider-man run is for so anytime they could they would try to save money by using the same fabric and the same body style so and and uh it's it's the same head but you know it, it's uh, it doesn't look much like the one on uh on tv but uh, it's a it's a great looking figure,
1: you know. In and of itself, yeah. But it, it it's it's yeah. It's a lizard head on a Klingon body, essentially.
2: And new for 1976, the
0: aliens, Klingon, their evil threatens the universe. Gorn, half human, half beast. Chiron, is he good or evil? Neptunian. Dangerous in space and in his own watery habitat. And the Keeper, his incredible intellect, threatens the Enterprise. The Star Trek aliens.
1: But that's kind of in, in keeping with, you know, even with the crew members, the likeness to, to William Shatner's not, it's not exact. <laughs>
2: you know, I have to say that if you get a good look at one of the things that they did pretty good I think on, on this is the sculpts. Dr. McCoy, Leonard McCoy, he actually has like one eyebrow slightly raised, inquisitive looking. Uh, I, I think that when they got it right, they got it right. And when they didn't, like the aliens, uh, the the, the, uh, the Chiron is another one that uh, uh you can't really go wrong with that. I mean, it's just a black and white figure. Again, that was from the first wave of aliens. But then you have another one of the more interesting ones that they threw out, which is the Neptunian. Which is probably my favorite what the hell moment. Yeah, it is a what the hell. He never appeared in any episode. He, there were, pe- uh, it, you know, this was during the time of the animated series when it was out. So they took a lot of license, you know, they've creative license with the animated series and, and, uh, but there was a, a race of, of people that lived underwater in one of the cartoons, but it looks nothing like the Neptunian. Uh, it, I it, it's kind of a cross between a horse and a dinosaur face. I, it's tough to describe with it, with an insectoid eye, but it's, it's one of the unique, uh, faces that you're going to see and again if you look at his uh at his suit it's a scaly uh suit that you can find on the lizard's tail uh again the amigo uh, is famous for reusing as much as they as they could you know and uh we also have the keeper who was a uh, who's a pretty interesting looking cat as well um Part Telosian part Baylock. exactly exactly and then that's uh definitely is you know the the telosian theme is uh is definitely there in that figure and he's just wearing this mumu <laughs> and it's it's a wide mumu with orange trim and a blue face that's pretty hideous. As one does, I, I, why not rock a moo-moo? Yeah, and by you know by this time, it, I, like I said, I never did see any of these figures in the store. I couldn't find them when I was a kid, and I probably would have just went apeshit over them, but you couldn't find them. But I, you know, as you get older, now you you do get them, and and uh, and I guess those sold well enough that they actually went out and did a second phase of um, aliens. Oh, I think that there's one more alien, which is the Romulan. I forgot to mention. Probably my favorite, 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 one of my favorite figures. I think for the detail, it's hard to beat the Romulan. He really looks great. He's got a wonderful gold (laughs) helmet, hawk-like helmet on, and it's also one of the the harder figures to find complete and one of the rarer figures to find complete. Uh, But it's really one of my favorites. Uh and then that's that they made a second wave of aliens, the uh the talos, which is uh technically should have been called the keeper, because he is what was in the pi- in the uh, pilot episode. And uh he's a Telosian, but for some reason they decided to call him the Talos. And he's dressed pretty much like a clown. Huge head, uh yellow uh, orange go go boots, black belt, and a wonderful uh you know yellow jumper with a huge uh, collar around him. Funny looking figure, you know, but, uh, but still it's fun, a fun figure too. And then they have the Andorian, which is another great looking figure.
1: Yeah. This one's actually pretty much exactly as you picture an Andorian. Yeah,
2: pretty much. Uh, they it, it did a great job on this one and, and the look still holds up to this day. I mean, if you ever watch enterprise, this is what the Andorian definitely looks like a great figure and and uh the last one is the wonderful Mugato who is just just a lot of creative license with this from basically an ape that was walking around with no clothes now Mugato sports a uh red pair of sweatpants a green a green knit top with a wonderful V that has a bunch of red dots on it. And, uh, but it's still, still a fun figure, you know, and, and that is pretty much your, your, uh, collection of vintage Mego star, uh, Star Trek figures, which is, which, which is just, a, a a little bite of my childhood right there.
1: They have so much personality. That was the thing that I was struck by. When I'm looking at the Mego Museum, it may not be screen accurate, but everything has a great personality. It's something you would want to play with.
2: If, let, let We can compare the Migos to the Star Wars figures. Uh, Star Wars figures were smaller, but you just didn't get the uh, the accurate sculpts. I mean, those first waves of Star Wars figures that came out, and they looked nothing like the actors, but, but we didn't care. I mean, I didn't care. It's only as I got later that I said, you know, I can pick up this Mr. Spock and say, you know what? This really looks like Leonard Nimoy. And, and, you know, there was just a lot of uh, care taken in some of the stuff that Mego did. Uh, you know, uh, th- the play sets.
1: Oh, the play sets are so nice. I mean, I'm sitting here looking at probably one of my
2: greatest swap meet finds is the, is the Enterprise Bridge play set, which is, is just I was at a, a flea market and I saw a box. And I said, well, that looks like the box from the uh, bridge. I bought it for like $10 that had never been opened. And then you have to ask yourself, well, am I going to be one of those guys that's going to um, open it or are I going to be one of those guys that just puts it on a shelf? And I said, no, s- screw it. I'm opening it. And I did. I opened it up. I put it all together. It has. Uh, it, it folds up into a, like a carrying case, and it, it comes with, uh, with uh, Captain Kirk's chair. A command console in the back with two benches, and really a pretty neat transporter that you would push one button, you put your figure in there, one button would make it spin, and then you would push one button and it would stop, and he wouldn't be in there anymore, and then you would push another button and you could it would spin around and it would stop, and he's back and there's also a trap door in the back of that it's uh it's a great plastic smell to it uh it's a lot it it's uh it's one of the neater pieces uh that you're going to find
1: well i love that there's a design on the outside for the carrying case of the beautiful shot of the enterprise there's a shot of the enterprise and you've got st- uh,
2: stars and uh and it, it just looks nice opened up on the shelf and I actually have a view screen that it comes with like four cards and each card looks like they were drawn by a six year old and pretty much they probably were
1: well yeah I like that Brainiac makes an
2: appearance yeah he, he does Brainiac does. <laughs> I thought the same thing and you can and you can uh, if you're Trek Savvy you can probably pick a few of the uh, cards from some of the episodes which is which is neat you can flip each card around and you can change it and uh, and it it looks great on a shelf
0: the star trek
2: uss enterprise
0: gift set with command chair console three telescreen cards and five star trek action figures please mr spock or any star trek figure into the transporter room spin the control knob and press the button mr spock disappears pretend he's left the deck of the enterprise for outer space adventure you can capture the klingon and bring him back to the enterprise Star Trek USS Enterprise gift set. Star Trek action figures also sold separately by Mego. Well,
1: it's, it's colorful, which is one of the main things that, you know, production in Star Trek was one of the earlier shows where they just embraced color.
2: Oh, yeah. And plus, it, it was, you know, it was the uh, it was the 70s. And psychedelic bright colors were just, you had to have them. You know, uh, the one thing I did do is I did order some uh, replacement uh, reproduction stickers to put on the, the play sets. I didn't want to, uh, I didn't want to take the original ones out of the pack. So I, I, but they're great. They're great repo stickers that I put on and they look great. And I did keep the original ones tucked away. I don't know why, but, but, uh, it, it does, it does look great. And then there is another play set, which is the mission to Gamma six, which is a holy grail for me. And it, uh, roughly based on the episode, the apple. Which, uh, with season three or season two, episode five. I may be wrong about that, but, uh, it is just this huge mountain with this dinosaur head and a glove. You would put your hand in a glove and you could the glove was uh, was covered in like scale pattern you could grab figure and it came with some of the aliens from the from the series uh, they're all different colors and they look more like monkeys wearing wigs.
1: yeah they're like the uh, yeah the linking monkeys and one of them kind of looks Andorian. yeah, yeah but...
2: there's a bunch of different looks like there's different races but it would be a fun one to have, but way out of my price range. You can you can look at one on eBay complete. It'll probably cost you like $500. The Star Trek USS Enterprise gift set
0: with command chair, console, three telescreen cards, and five Star Trek action figures. Place Mr. Spock or any Star Trek figure into the transporter room. Spin the control knob and press the button. Mr. Spock disappears pretend he's left the deck of the enterprise for outer space adventure you can capture the klingon and bring him back to the enterprise star trek uss enterprise gift set star trek action figures also sold separately by migo
2: but that guy's migo produced a lot of other uh fun toys that i have a pair of of uh, tra- uh, walkie talkies
1: oh i didn't see those <laughs> i was gonna ask about those no, I, I have
2: those here and uh I got them working again, and they're 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 um you know communicators, but they're just walkie talkies. They produced a console center that you could use with the walkie talkies. See, that's
1: my holy grail. That's something eventually I'm going to start. You, I I actually had one. I made a deal with a guy to buy one. He was in
2: Puerto Rico. I sent him the money, and he never sent it to me. So I had to file a claim. And, uh, and I did get my money back, but but for some reason, he just never sent it to me. So it was heartbreaking. I got, a, I got a pretty good deal on it, but never materialized. I'm still looking for it. It's pretty neat. It doesn't do much, but beep, one button will beep annoyingly, and you can check in to the walkie-talkies with it. Uh, it does have this neat light fixture in it that kind of flashes and twinkles like uh, like a Star Trek uh, console. And there were there were you know primitive video games I guess you'd call them that that took up your whole you know 27 D battery 27 D batteries for it and you could and you could fly an Enterprise and shoot Romulan ships. And then there's the Tricorder that that uh, if any of you have listened to Garage Sale Gloat. With uh, Chris Honeywell, I was lucky enough to go out to Rochester, and we found one out there still in the box. And uh, we got it to—I uh, got it to work. And um, and one side of the tape was—it was, a, was it's basically a tape recorder. And you could one side is blank, and you can record. And if you listen to it real carefully, you can hear a guy—a kid going pew 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 pew. And the other side is actually a uh, clip from an episode of Star Trek that you could play. It's the Star Trek Tricorder, complete
0: with a Star Trek cassette adventure. An authentic replica of the Star Trek Tricorder carried by Dr. Bones McCoy and Mr. Spock. It has a built-in microphone and mini readout screen. And includes a carry strap so you can take it anywhere. I got the tape from Johnny. Get the Tricorder. Let's play it. The Star Trek Tricorder is a full-function cassette tape player and comes complete with pre-recorded Star Trek adventure. Check the mini readout window. Patrolling outposts Listen to the voices of your favorite Star Trek heroes. Or turn the cassette over and press the record button and you can tape your own adventures. The USS Enterprise is moving to investigate. The Star Trek Tricorder with built-in microphone and mini readout screen. New solid-state electronics from Mego
1: what for you was there ever when you set out to do this was there ever that sword in the stone moment where you're like i shall conquer this quest and follow these holy grails was there ever that moment where it became on like donkey kong uh, you know or was it just a slow burn it's a it's a it's a slow burn but if it, it you
2: get flare ups you know when you when you only have one thing left that you wanted to get you are madly looking for it. And, and, you know, let's face it, it's, it's much easier these days to to finish a collection with eBay than it was back, you know, before when you would have to frequent your garage sales and your flea markets and all of that stuff. And, and, you know, I try to get things in that you can uh, afford, you know, I'm pretty handy. I can usually fix a lot of the stuff that, uh, that I get. And uh if it's broken, if it's a tape recorder or something like that, I can usually get it working. It might just need a little oil or a belt replaced, which was the uh what happened to the triquarter? It just needed some belts inside to run the uh, the tape mechanism which I ordered from China. And next thing you know there it's working fine. And it just sits up on the uh display case and it looks like a
1: big tape recorder and I keep telling my wife it's not
2: a tape recorder. It's
1: a triquarter. And the thing is that the Mego, the construction of the Mego figures, you won't find them missing limbs very often. Their clothes may be tattered. Like the Star Trek figures specifically, you'll normally see the insignias off. Yeah. Because it's a very fancy silver sticker. Yeah, exactly. But they'll stay together. Unlike, say, the Galoob Next Generation toys, the first gen- next-gen toys we ever got, that were just, they were so flimsy. Yeah. They were hollow plastic. I mean, I, I had Geordie for all of 12 hours before he got <laughs> shattered.
2: <laughs> and, and the thing about the Migos is... is you can restring them. You can go to any any uh, store, um, you know, hobby store and buy this elastic nylon cord and they're the easiest thing to restring. I mean, it's just a piece of cake. So, You know they are. You can fix them up. They're they're most like I said. Most of the body types are all the same. So you can even buy a head of something on eBay and and you know pretty much make the figure if you can find the parts. You know the same the same body parts are all stamped from the same year. So there's no big difference. Uh, but but like you said, if you find them now, chances are they're missing their their shoes or their weapons or their belts. But that goes to show that's the same for any Star Wars figure or any other figure that you had. The first thing you did was, you know, Han Solo's laser gun and it was gone.
1: The funny thing about these Mego figures, I kind of looked it up just because I was wondering when the animated series. The animated series had wrapped up before these went on the shelf. So this was, I mean, I, you know, for... Dario hasn't heard the episode yet because it hasn't come out yet. But future people will get this. You can't kill Star Trek. No, you can't. There was Star Trek stuff on shelves when there was no Star Trek. Exactly, exactly. And and there'll
2: probably be more Star Trek stuff on shelves. You know, be it maybe right now in the in the half price section, but there'll always be. You know, hope. You know, it's just one of those weird weird franchises that just does not want to uh,
1: does not want to fade away. Do you have a do you have a favorite a favorite uh, character of uh, the figures I you know what I think that if I'm going to pick a favorite
2: I really like the uh, the Romulan I think that he is by far uh the best looking one uh, that with the helmet and uh, it, it just sounds weird, forty seven year old guy talking about dolls, but but uh, it's just it he's the best looking one. The aliens, I think, they really hit the spot on the uh, on the Romulan, the Andorian, and and then of course the um, the first wave, I think, is 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 great too. I, I really like the uh, the Kirk and uh, the Spock, McCoy and Scotty and Uhura. Those are have always been and then uh, you can't help but not you have, can't help but love the gorn i mean you just can't it's just it's just a fun one you know and and the good thing is my is my 7 year old basically has no interest in him he's uh, he doesn't mess with them and and you know he's into star wars which is perfectly fine with me
1: but the only thing lacking is the the mission
2: to gamma 6 right yeah, missing the gamma 6 i don't see the mission to gamma 6 coming into my collection anytime soon unless by by a uh, a miracle of faith like the uh like I found the uh, bridge but it's a, there there's one on eBay right now but he's horribly overpriced on it and he, it'll be there for a while I don't think anyone's going to drop that much cash on it and I uh, I wouldn't have that much cash but but it, it's you know, but it's nice to know that there are some things that are unattainable because really, if, if you if you don't have something out there, if you don't have that holy grail out there and that pretty much goes for any collection, what fun is it? You know, you, you can you, you can get everything that you want and then you have to move on to something else or sell it. But but knowing that 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 particular place that's out there and and someday maybe I'll get it. I know that my wife is probably praying that I don't because it's a pretty good size, a pretty good size playset and it'll take a lot of room in the basement because there's no way in hell that thing's going to come into the house. <laughs> but, but my wife puts up with a lot because as you know, I do have a velvet sleigh stack in the oh. living room and she does allow me to have that. I have one little corner here that I can almost pretty much do what I want. But what other woman would let her husband have a velvet sleep stack in the living room? You know, and and I keep telling her, like, to quote the big Lebowski, the picture really ties the room together. And it it really doesn't. But we do have some green. We have a green chair and some green in the carpet. And I keep telling her that it's just an accent piece.
1: Well, were the how much were the Migos retail? You know, I really don't know how much they were retail. I
2: would I would probably guess they couldn't have been more than about three or four bucks each at, at, at for that time. You know, you know, affordable enough that that you, your parents could uh could buy you one if you begged them and. Uh, and if you took care of them, which I didn't, they would they would last a long time.
1: So, how do you have any of your originals, or are they all?
2: No, absolutely not. I do not have any of my originals. Like any other kid, got strapped with bottle rockets and and for and uh, you know um, cherry bombs and and buried and and destroyed, and and that's one of the reasons why I think that I, I you want to buy back your childhood i think to some some of us do at least at least i do oh i'm all in on that yeah yeah you, you, the things you had when you were a kid you say man i wish i would have taken care of them but you're a kid you can't expect a kid to take care of them i always tell my kid take care of your toys so you don't have to buy the same toys you know 30 years from now like your daddy does
1: <laughs> but at the same time there's toys that are out now that are just phenomenal Compared to when we were kids.
2: Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. There are toys out now that are phenomenal, and there are toys out now that are basically crap. I mean, as someone that buys, I have a seven year old, and I, you know, I go out and, you know, and I buy him toys, probably too many toys, but, but, uh, it's the trouble when you have a father that loves toys as much as you do. But a lot of them are garbage. I mean, I have buckets and buckets filled with, with broken plastic. Junk and and you know uh, happy meal toys that I have to purge every once in a while, and they just don't have the lasting power that the toys from the seventies. Uh, I mean, I still have my evil Knievel. That is one toy that I that I have, and it still holds. I I got my Steve Austin six million dollar man, and and you know they they weren't crap. They they built them that you could pretty much. You had to be a kid like me and and try and blow them up to really destroy them. Uh, unlike a lot of the toys that uh, that are made today, but I could tell there's there's just a a whole world of those of, of toys that you could buy back here if you have enough cash or time and money and, and are willing to to, to hunt the flea market. You can buy back that childhood that you blew up, the Millennium Falcon that you set on fire. <laughs> Authenticity counts. Oh, absolutely. It's just I wish I would have had video. A video camera back then, so I could have filmed it. But but I have it all back now, so I'll put away. For what reason I don't know. Like you're telling my wife, it's an investment. But uh,
1: but when you pull them out, like I mean, you said you have them. You're surrounded by the the Star Trek Migos now. When you pull those out, yes. What's the feeling inside when you just sit there and just look at them? Is it the feeling of childhood, or is it? It's just happy,
2: you know. It's it just takes you it it takes you back. I mean, not everyone can. Toys, I think everyone has something that'll take them back to a, to a, to a happier, great time. I mean, this is a great time in my life too, but, but when you're kids, you know, it was even better. Uh, I think everyone, if not toys, for some people, it might be that TV show or for some people, it might be the car that they drive. Or if you see somebody with a really outdated hairstyle, that hairstyle came from the happiest point in their life. They just never got out of it. It makes them happy to keep their hair feathered, and and uh, because that's when, that's the part of their life that they remember, that was the best. It could be a drink, it could be a food, it it could be a movie. It, it everyone has something, and for guys like us, you know, it happens to be toys, and there's nothing wrong with it, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, the happy, I could, I could, you know, it's not crack. <laughs> <laughs> I, do that going I, do, I do heroin because it reminds me of a happier time. <laughs> no, no, it's not. If 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 toys are my heroin, then you know what? I'll shoot up any damn time I want to because it's uh Other than uh, spending a little bit of money once in a while, it's a harmless addiction as long as you don't let it take over uh, take over your life. Which I haven't. I I have actually listening to me, you would think that it's that I have. That that I'm a hoarder, but no, I, I it actually is a good balance. Like I said, everything is put away. I have. I'm not saying that I don't want a basement someday that to show this stuff, but I do have my little corner, and I do rotate the collection out. And uh, it, I come in from work, and I look at it, and it makes me happy, and and that's that.
1: I think the moral of the story is: yes, adulting sucks, but the money you get from being an adult, you can buy your childhood back. You can, you
2: can, as long as as long as you can still eat, because migos do not taste as good as food. So I will definitely I keep it under wraps. You know, it's a victimless crime. Uh, it's uh, but we all we all want to have that. At least I know, speaking for myself, and more than likely you you try it. We try to hold on to that little piece of our of our childhood that that brings back fond memories, and toys happen to do it for me. Toys, comic books. And TV shows. And, and the good thing is I can see that come full circle now with my kid, you know,
1: the journey can this. The father becomes the son and the son becomes the father. The journey is complete (laughs) pretty much. I mean, the minute my father
2: gave me a stack of Archie and rawhide kid comic books when I was a kid, that's what started it. I blame him. That started me on this road.
1: Well, I definitely appreciate you taking time to to talk, Migo. Your passion comes through, and you know, hope one day the gamma the gamma six is yours.
2: Well, we will we will if anyone out there wants to send one to me, please. Uh, just contact me via via Facebook, and I'll be more than happy to accept it, okay? And it was a pleasure on my end, too. I am happy to be part of the new format, and I hope that if you are looking for anyone else, I am, like I said, an expert on I'm the most interesting man in the world. Anything else that you need, I'm always here and always happy to talk toys or any other geek culture topic with you, David.
1: Oh, I think I've already found a few ideas for you perfect (laughs) so you'll hear from Dario once again terrific Dave Does Podcasts is a Two True Freaks production and is made for entertainment purposes only. The show does not draw profit from the characters or concepts discussed. All opinions are those of the host and do not reflect the views of any other individual, entity, or organization. The copyrights for any music or sound clips lie with the copyright holders. They are used for entertainment purposes only and no infringement is intended, as this show most certainly does not draw revenue. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you next time.